When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Catherine Brandt, who's giving away a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. And Jude. Andy Bernard. <laughs> we'll be right back. And Jude will still be with us when mm. we get back, just for now. Will he? We'll be right back with the family. <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Back in the saddle again. We're back in the saddle again. Okay, Gene Autry, what's that all about? Well, after our normal break, Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan are back on the air with 10 months of terrible commercials. Ever think of hiring a copywriter? Pat's pretty good. Hey, we're selling cars, not carpets. Anyways, too expensive. Check out our new press release. This just in, Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan have started out 2022 as the number one and number two dealers in the state of Minnesota. Jason Leckler has been quoted as saying, this is the year I bump off Dan Resch. He studied animal husbandry for crying out loud. Dan replied with, blow it, J-Lo. What do you think? Mm, maybe you should hire a copywriter. Cool that they're leading the sales race, though. That's good. Yeah, it's actually more than good. Because they were so dominant last year, we've earned more than our fair share of new Nissans. We have 40 Altimas available for March and 120 Rogues. Check out the huge selection of Nissans at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey folks, Brian Zepp here. Spring is gearing up, and if you're like me, you've already got the itch to hit the road. Make sure you and your motorcycle are ready with Dennis Kirk. 
Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. They've got 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Get in gear and head to DennisKirk.com. Take it from Zep. They ship today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Are we good to go, Andy? He has yet to call in. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad you told me that because I was going to read the descriptor here, and I'll wait till he calls in to read the descriptor. So that'll be good, don't good you think? Idea. I think so. Uh, I should just mention, uh, Cy Wakeman is going to be our guest. His book is called Life's Messy, Live Happy. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be content. He used a line here that I really, really like. Uh, by the time we become adults, most of us have joined the religion of suffering. That is exactly, that, that describes it perfectly. People want to suffer. People want to be victims. Oh, poor me. It's a religion now, isn't it? Well, he is on, so he can tell you all about it. Cy Wakeman, how are you? You damn right. Uh, he should be on. <clears throat> Cy, you there? Hello, Cy, who is it? I don't think Cy's phone's working too well. I don't think it is either. We'll have to figure it out. Well, it was interesting because just the other day we were taking a walk and you were... Cy is on you, the line. There oh, we go. Cy ah, is on the line. There he is. Cy, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Cy, you nailed this thing. This fly, We've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I, I do a morning talk show in, in town as well, and this uh, show is on every afternoon. And you described it perfectly. I just read it. By the time we become adults, most of us have joined the religion of suffering. That's very well put, Cy. It's, it's, it's a religion now. Thank you. It is a religion. And we have forgotten not only on how to manage our own happiness, but we have totally forgotten that we're responsible solely for our own happiness. Right. Perfect. Absolutely perfect way to put it. If I want to be happy, don't I have to be the one to make me happy? Yeah, yes. And it's not just toxic positivity by taking a positive spin, but it's really habits and dedications and most of all, knowing how your own mind works so that you aren't constantly defaulting into kind of a victim status or, or outsourcing your happiness to your boss or your family or you know, a lot of people wake up in the morning, and before they decide whether they're happy or not, they go check the news, and they're like, oh, oh, oh God. look what's going on in the world. I'm not happy. Instead of waking up and going, I'm happy, let me check the news and see how I can help. Yeah, there was a um, video going around on social media this morning about this woman who got on, onto an airplane, and this guy was sitting in, next to her, and he had on a shirt that she didn't like. And she started yelling at him and calling him names and just having this huge fit about his shirt. And it's just there's such an uptick in people not only not being happy, but having to make sure that everybody around you knows that they're unhappy. Right. Right Yeah. We are really good at suffering. A lot of us (laughs) pre-suffer. Sunday we start suffering before Monday, right? Yeah. And a lot of us post-suffer. I talked to a guy the other day, and he's like, I'm like, you know, the stock market's coming back up. Yes, but remember 2009. I'm like, what? Oh, God. I'm like, you're still suffering from that. But we also do group suffering. Um, 
you know, if if we're not happy and somebody walks by us with a smile on their face, like we need them to not be happy if we're not careful because and all of this is really good people just believing their own thinking. It's never dawned on them that that just because they think something it, it doesn't mean it's true. One way you can be happy is to self reflect, what do I know for sure? You know, the guy sits next to me on the plane. I don't know anything for sure. That could be the only shirt he has. It could be a joke. It could be anything. Right, right. But what I tend to do to suffer, a lot of people wear clothes I don't, you know, necessarily think are great fashion statements. I fly all the time. (laughs) But there's no (laughs) suffering involved. If I just notice the thought, I don't like his shirt, you know. Yeah. It's when I go on to say... He's a racist, and he's a chauvinist, and he's right, you know, whatever right. it is, and that's my story. <clears throat> that's when I suffer, and I just ask myself, what do I know for sure? I don't know anything except he has a shirt on that um, right. I you know, don't like. And then if that's all I know, it's not what happens to us. It's a story we make up that causes our suffering. Reality is just never that harsh. And that's what I really want to teach people, you know, in the book, Life's Not to Live Happy, is how to really understand how your mind works so that you're not being played by your ego all the time. Her ego got her acting a fool and screaming on the plane, which is not your highest self. And, and escorted so say, off. Oh, of- all that's happened here is a shirt I don't like. I can step yeah. back and say, what could I do next that would help? Right. You know, we... we not get into conflict would be the most helpful thing to do for the other hundred people on the plane so that we don't have to wait for the marshal to pull you off. Yeah, well, she was. She, so, she was actually removed from the airplane, and she was just astonished at the fact that they were upset with her because his shirt was so offensive. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I mean, she's. I don't think she's ever going to get the message. Well, and that's the outsourcing I'm talking about. That's the outsourcing is, well, I had to do that. My behavior was predetermined by his. I'm like, what about taking the high road? What about, you know, if you were great, what would great look like? Some of the best things we can do in today's world is not see insults where there isn't any so that we can have some dialogue. From your mouth to God's ears. And the ego will have to see insults where there isn't any. Yes. We're talking to Cy Wakeman. The book is called Life's Messy, Live Happy. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be content. You know, I just thought of something, and I've never considered this before, Cy, and and Andy and Catherine on the show with us here. Um, And I'm not trying to be over the top with it, but this is something that happens to me, and I've never complained about it, whatever, but we grew up very poor. My family was very poor when I was a kid. And to this day, when I see people wearing those jeans with huge holes in them, you know what I'm talking about? Just they're shredded. The jeans have 50 holes in them or the knees are just completely torn out of the the jeans, all the rest of it. It reminds me of being a very poor kid and wearing tattered clothing. And I find it to be offensive, but I've never walked up to anybody said, you're offending me. Take those pants off. You know, they don't know me. Right. They don't know that it, that it reminds me of being a poor kid and that's not really comfortable. I hate those jeans, Cy. I think they look like crap. And why people want to pretend they're poor when they're not really upsets me. And yet I've never confronted anyone, and I never will confront anyone. You want to look like an idiot? That's your business. Yeah. And even to get even more happy, 
you can start renaming those genes. And um, isn't it great that we can pay for, you know, genes with holes in them if we wanted to? Or a lot of things that I find, I react to, I just welcome in as my teacher, my teacher of compassion, like open heart, open mind. Because even if you think the thought, you know, and, 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 and dwell on it that, oh, I hate those genes, they're an idiot. You've just taken yourself out of your natural state of happiness, right? Yep, yep. And so it, it's just so many times I just respond, um, and it's not toxic positivity. It's it's just noticing that my childhood wounds of having to wear, you know, hand-me-downs. I was six or seven kids in Iowa. My childhood wounds have nothing to do with that person's fashion choice. And right. the more we can stop expecting other people other adults to fix our kind of childhood stuff. You know, we do that a lot in relationships too, right? We're mad at our spouse because they didn't take some, you know, insecurity away that we got as a kid, but we can't expect adults to fix childhood problems. You know, that's, there's other ways to heal those, but so true. It just amazes me that, that if I did get offended and walk up and go, how can you wear those jeans? How are these people supposed to know how I grew up? They don't know me. So for me to push my childhood on them and the troubles I had with my childhood, it's not fair to them. Why would I do that? Yeah. You know, a lot of happiness, um, we think, you know, being nice people are kind, you know, is about them. But a big part of your happiness (laughs) is the ability to give other people grace, tolerance, and mercy, to hold space for them, to just be them. Because many of us that are that critical of others, the saddest part is we're probably that critical of ourselves, or if we're not critical, we're pretty insecure with ourselves. So it's just taking pain and hurting other people with your pain, and it's causing pain, not not healing. And that's what I feel so sad about. When people think they feel better by venting, venting is the ego's way to avoid self-reflection and to avoid happiness. And it's just a behavior. It's not sharing a feeling. Venting is like worrying. It's a behavior that feels good in the beginning, but so does eating a whole gallon of ice cream, right? It's right. so does using, you know, chemicals. And so a lot of people say, I'm just sharing my feelings. It's like, no, you're, you're venting and venting leads to more venting. It never relieves the feeling. I thought, I thought venting was healthy. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to Your let it all out. Healthy. And what, you know, the difference is, the difference is, um, I'm frustrated with Tom because he didn't give me the report I was waiting for. And then if you don't want to suffer, you have two choices. Take action, which is, Tom, can I put something on your calendar to remind you each week to send that to me? Or radically accept it. The Dalai Lama says you can impact it or accept it. But most people choose this third option. They're like, I don't want to do either one. I just want to stay and complain about it. So I'm frustrated as a feeling when I get into Tom does that crap on purpose and he's trying to make me look bad and, um, you know, he's intentionally trying to hurt my career. That's where the venting comes in. And if you took every statement and asked, can I possibly know that to be true? It's not. It's the story I made up to suffer. But frustrated about a report, I can just take action. But a lot of people, when they go to take action, I can put it on a calendar. They go, oh, I shouldn't have to. That's the ego keeping you away from happiness. Right. What's the big deal? Put it on his calendar. Help him out. 
So who are who do you who who taught you all this? Is this sounds a lot like mindful meditation kind of to me, in, in a way. You know, I've had a lot of great teachers. Um, I work mostly in the business world. Um, you know, helping people move beyond ego. My, all my other books have been business books, but um, I love Byron Katie. I love Eckhart Tolle, um, mm-hmm. and it is mindfulness. And what people don't realize is there's like thousands of years, whether it's Christianity or Buddhism or um, Judaism, it's like Hinduism. There are universal principles that tell you when you do this, it hurts, and when you do this, it helps. Throughout the world, philosophy, even like cave paintings are like, you know, um, food that way. It's like... There's so much guidance in our worlds that we ignore on a daily basis. Like, there's a lot of proven history that says, you know, give people grace, mercy, and tolerance, you'll be happier. I think that's amazing. I mean, we were just talking about this the other day when we were out for a walk. How You're like, in two years, when all of this stuff is taken care of, I'll be able to relax. And I'm like, two years? (laughs) Two years of your life is a long time to be waiting to be able to relax. Yeah. No, it is. And we defer but happiness just like that. We defer happiness. We're like, when I retire, I'll be happy. When I get a different boss, I'll be happy. When I, it's like, or you can just be happy today. <clears throat> well, Sai, I will tell you this because you know, Catherine and I are married. Andy's our son. We have a daughter that's usually on, but her kids are out of school this week, so she couldn't come in. You stepped into it, Sai. So you stepped into it, Sai. <laughs> yes, but but see, uh, the morning show people will tell you, and the the afternoon show people will tell you. I always start my my conversation when somebody asks me how you how you feeling how you know how you looking at life today. I do point out that I'm married to this wonderful woman. We have great children. We have great grandchildren. Have good friends. I'm the luckiest some bitch on earth. That's how I yeah. b- begin every discussion of this. I start with what's good first, and and I got very very lucky meeting Catherine. We had great kids. They're they're very very nice people. Um, why wouldn't I be happy? Right. Yeah. And part of being happy, because there are people that have that same circumstance that aren't focused on it. In the book, I talk a lot about gratitude and not just right, counting your right. blessings, but counting everything as a blessing. Even if in this moment it doesn't seem to be the coolest thing ever, it's my opportunity to grow. You know, COVID, so much pain involved. And, um, and yet we get to decide, are we going to emerge evolved or traumatized you know most people don't realize there's more um odds of post-traumatic growth than there are post-traumatic stress and it has to do with where you place your attention and your focus and um and you seeing and starting every conversation just puts your focus in such a beautiful place i gotta read this this is a great paragraph From the starting point, we could learn to use our minds to create happiness despite life's ever-changing circumstances and events. Life's Messy Live Happy by Cy Wakeman is about dramatically changing the level of happiness you feel in your daily life by learning to disconnect happiness from external forces, stop worrying about the future, and realize most of your negative feelings are about things that never even happened. That's a great paragraph right there, Cy. Well, thank you. Yeah, when that guy put that shirt on before the plane ride, he didn't intend for it to offend the person next to him. That never <laughs> well, and, happened. And, right? Yeah, but even even if he did, even if it's the most offensive, yeah, you know, true. thing in the world, it's like feeding into his right. attention-seeking ego isn't healthy for anybody. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's how our ego gets hooked. And we just feel so right and so justified. And another thing I ask myself a lot is, would I rather be right or happy? Oh, I love like, that. Like, I am right about a lot of things that people don't care about. And I'm like, I can stay in the argument to prove that I'm right. Or I can just be happy and enjoy them as they, as they presented. Um, and, and a lot of people think this is passive. Like, don't stand up against racism or don't. It's so no. active. It's so active to not feed into that. And you conserve your energy. And it's going to make a big difference if instead of attacking the person who's already decided what they think about that topic, whatever the topic was, I can conserve my energy and go work, you know, with an organization that actually will have impact. Um, it's not going to happen in an argument on the plane if you care about a topic. You mean being a social media justice warrior and never doing anything but complaining isn't helpful? <laughs> it's not healthy. I did cover that in the book, but, you know, my book launched yesterday, and already, already I have some of those those warriors out on my site, like, anti, I'm like, how can you be anti-happiness? How? How can you, like, this should be a book people love. Like, how can you be mad about it? They are. Well, well, you're not telling people that they're supposed to be running around, you know, skipping and singing and, you know, getting rainbow tattoos with unicorns because they're so happy. <laughs> it's right. there's there's happiness and there's yeah, people I don't know what people have this idea of happiness that it's some sort of state that you can't reach. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the feeling of, you know, pleasure. I'm talking about in the midst, grateful in the midst of seeming problems, it's it's a it's a state of contentment there that it's go. not manufactured, but it really is our natural um, state. In and a lot of people don't understand that multiple things can be true at the same time. You can have multiple feelings at the same time. I can be very content and sad to hear news that you know someone was diagnosed with cancer and you know, grateful for what I have and angry that my bank screwed up my bank account all at the same time. But I don't have to let it take me off center with my peace and contentment or dictate my behavior to how I work through something with the bank. I'm in control of that. Right. So I, I just keep remembering things that have happened to me throughout my life, exactly what you're talking about and why maybe I turned out the way I, I have. I was sitting at a bar once called Howie's Bar. I was... Uh, <laughs> Underage, but, you know, nobody knew that. <clears throat> but in any case, I'm sitting there at Howie's Bar, and uh, there's a guy next to me. And he, we start talking a little bit here, a little bit there. And after a couple of drinks, I was a young man, and I started getting a little edge to me. And, you know, kind of like, ah, this and that. You know, start complaining about things. And there was a guy down the bar that was being a pain in the ass. I went, I'm going to go down to the bar and straighten that guy out. And he goes, whoa, 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 wait a second, kid. First of all, I know you're not 21. You can lie all you want, but I know you're not old enough to be in here. And he said, the other thing is, you're going to go down there and tell that guy that he needs to calm down. Well, what if his wife left him? What if his son or daughter died? What if his dog bit him? And now you're effing with him. How do you think that's going to work out for you? <laughs> I went, that's a very well, that's good a point, teacher. actually. That's a great teacher, isn't it? That's a great teacher I got right there. You know, one of the keys, that's such a good teacher, because one of the keys to happiness is stay in your lane. So there's yes. three lanes in life. Lane one yep. is my lane. That's where I need to stay and just keep my own stairs swept, right, clean. Lane yep. two is other people's business. 
And if I'm going to get in other people's business, I need to go in helping, not judging. Yep. Otherwise, That's I need exactly to stay in my business. Said. And then lane I've, three is like, you know, God's business. And last I checked, none of us are in charge of that. So, yeah, he was a great teacher. Stay in your lane. Yeah, he literally said. <laughs> and if you're going to get off the lane, go ask the guy what's wrong with them. You yeah, that's go true. judge him. But the, just the way he put it, now, and now you're effing with him. How do you think that's going to work out for you? <laughs> I oh, thought it was a great line. It was wonderful. I think, well, you. it is such a great line. In counseling, we use it a lot. Like, um, you know, what happened? How did you feel about it? How did you respond? And how did that work for you? Because with reflection, a lot of people are doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. It's like, well, how'd that work out for you? Well, it didn't work out. Well, what would you like to change in your approach? Like, <laughs> yes. I would stop. I would stop going to the end of the bar. Yeah, well, there you go. That's exactly right. That's a very good point. I'm going to take a very quick break. We'll be back. You got uh, about uh, 10, 15 more minutes with us, Si. Do you have enough time? Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Okay, we'll be right back in about two and a half minutes, three minutes with Cy Wakeman. Ladies and gentlemen, the book is called Life's Messy, Live Happy. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be content. More with Cy right after this. The 2022 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Get out of the cold and into a 25,000-square-foot heated showroom at Dan Southside Marine. A huge inventory of boats means the best deals of the year. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Explore what's new for 2022 at the Bloomington Boat Show at Dan Southside Marine. Six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Visit BloomingtonBoatShow.com. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business felt? We certainly hope so, Tommy. And that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, learning a lot today about the way things are. Now, I don't want to get too deeply into this side, but I do want to ask you a question. I'll just make an observation. It won't even be a question. I'll make an observation and see what you think of this. This whole Oscar thing with Will Smith and, and Chris Rock, um, I don't know if it was fake. I don't know if it was real. It certainly could have been either one of those. The problem that I have with the whole thing is, is that 
Right now, when the world's in turmoil, the United States, I mean, Minneapolis-St. Paul almost burned to the ground at points. Oregon has been horrible. Chicago, New York. I mean, you go to all these big cities, there's all this turmoil and there's all these stabbings and this carjacking and the thievery and all the rest of it. I I just don't know that it's a good idea for a big, huge uh, Hollywood movie star to make such an ass of himself as to walk up on stage and slap one across the face, teaching young people who might be watching, if they do this to you, you need to go hit them. What a horrible thing to do that was, in my in my estimation, Cy. Yeah, you know, I wasn't. I live in the Baja, so I get to miss out on a lot of those things. I live in Mexico, um, but I did hear about that, and you know, for me, people jump right into like, you know, who is right, who is wrong. And um, and the sad part is the sad part for all of that for me is that um, you know someone was hurt by a joke someone took it in their own hands to like hit another person like there's so many things about that that would, I would love to come out of that which I think yep. would be so powerful is if there was some reconciliation and some role modeling of each person taking accountability for their part because in people that that give away their own happiness. They believe that somebody's always right and somebody's wrong, and that's what they argue about. They toggle down to right or wrong. Wouldn't it be lovely to have Will and um, his wife and Chris, um, you know, publicly together with, you know, if need be a facilitator, and for each person to own their part in that? Because that's what people yep. need to yep. um, witness is amends. There's a chapter in my book on feeling your feelings and another one on amends. Because what I found counseling and with my kids and is that we there's a lot of things we haven't learned that will impact our happiness. And the ability to make a beautiful amend is one, you know, that we all need to learn as human beings. So I I'm sad it happened. I wish the conversation would go into um, each person owning their part and talking about their experience and making amends because there's amends to be made, right. I think, um, on many parts there. I think and that's what right. I think just, our nation right now is not good at, is making amends. We say horrible things to people, and we attack mm-hmm. people on social media, and no one ever comes back and says, I'm sorry. But we know from, like, marriage studies that Gottman talk about, if you can, you know, turn towards one another, and you know how to, you know, make, apologize and make amends, you'll maintain those relationships. Why is it so hard for some people to say I'm sorry? What is that? For me, it, it has a little bit to do with how your mind works, because when you're in ego, you're seeing the world through a distorted pair of eyeglasses, and you see insults where there isn't any. And everything is very primal, right, wrong, good, bad. You know, people are like, whose side are you on? I'm like, what if there's only one side? Like, what? Like, I'm on the human race side, if, if mm-hmm. I could be on that team. And I think we aren't um, using, we get played by our ego, and that's the most primitive part of our brain. When we use all of our intelligence, including our hearts and spirits, when we use all of our intelligence, there's no shame. There's nothing to lose in an apology. There's only something to gain, which is reconciliation. When we're toggled down, saying I'm sorry means I was wrong and you were right, and there's something to lose. So when you're an ego, you see everything is win-lose. Everything is scarcity. But when you're in your kind of right mind, you realize that there's only something to benefit. 
I'm feeling very zen just talking about this. <laughs> I am. It's interesting well, because good. I, good. you know, I did a lot of uh, Al-Anon work and that kind of stuff on you know myself because my dad's an alcoholic and there's been issues <laughs> throughout my life yeah. with it. And I just, it's interesting because every time I'm the youngest out of five. And every time we would get together as a family, my family would take on the roles of exactly the same time my my father's drinking got to be really bad. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like it was like you could just cue. It was like, okay, she's going to act like this. He's going to say that. I mean, it's going <laughs> to this person's going to attack that person. This yeah, one's going to whine and cry. Psychological regression. It's so amazing to me that I mean, they're all older than me, and I would say. I don't want to talk about your politics. I just don't want to. I'd rather talk about you. I know you sit home and watch CNN all day long, and you're programmed to just, you know, think that the world's a horrible place. That's fine if that's what you want to do with your time on Earth, but that's not what I want to do with my time with you. Well, guess who never calls me anymore? Let's get more intentional. (laughs) Yeah. Now now he never calls me. (laughs) So no, it didn't work so too well. Which also, well, or, or did it? You know, part of happiness is that's maybe the kindest thing. What you said was, I don't want to hear about your politics. And if that's all he wants to talk about, the kindest thing he could do is not call you. It's like, <clears> thank <throat> you, right? Well, I, know, I, mean, you, I get it that you miss him. I'm not trying to, buy, to bypass right. that. But sometimes, you know, sometimes people follow our simple instructions pretty literally. Um and well, so, you know, something that, Good. yeah, something I've learned to do is, because I come from a big family, and I had the benefit of um, AA and Ellen on early on in my life as well. I was so glad because there's such basics about living that you learn in whatever program it's of spirituality or you learn some basics. But um, I realized I write about this in the book. My dad had done something that really hurt me when I was in my 20s. And I was pregnant with my second son, and I wanted to use a family name and um, for my side of the family. And I just wasn't going to use his name. I'm like, no, he never calls me. He's never apologized. All of a sudden, it dawned on me that I'm an adult as well. Yeah. I was treating it like I was a little kid, and he owed me something. So I called him up. I said, I want to come and see you. And I apologized for um, not having him walk me down the aisle in my wedding because I was so mad at what he did. And I only apologized for my part in it. I made my own amends. And I got tested because he didn't give me a perfect apology for his part. If you ever apologize to somebody, they're supposed to do the same, and then they don't. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> exactly. I, was able to, <laughs> I was able, though, it just opened up a door, and I was able to just see him not as my dad and what I wanted him to be, but as a man who's been through so much in his mm-hmm. life and isn't very yeah. good with that. And his act, his love language is acts of service. He came over, we, we reunited, I named my baby after him. He came over and often like fixed something around my house or, you know, um, helped us with some big projects. And for me, I just saw myself doing this the other day. That's why I bring it up. I'm so, I'm not perfect at this. I was mad about one of my siblings who never calls me. And I give a, an assignment in the book. If you have advice for somebody, like, you should call me, write it down, and then you go first. Take it for yourself. If you have advice for other people, yeah. take the advice for yourself. And so I called them. I'm like, they never call me. They, I would be dead, and they wouldn't know it. And I'm like, well, I never call them. 
And so yeah. I called. But the ego is like, well, I shouldn't have to make all the attempts. Well, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Right. That's a very good point. If I want to talk my brother, I got to call him. But I hear you. It's like people go back to the roles that they were in as little kids. So I want to ask you a question because it, because it's included in that great paragraph, one of the great paragraphs in your descriptor. <clears throat> and I, I should mention, I, I grew up in, like I said, a poor kid. I went to Roman Catholic school for the first eight years. I'm not a very religious person. I certainly hope there is something, you know, afterward that it just doesn't hit the wall and that's the end of it. So I'm not an overtly or overly religious person. I'd like to believe there is maybe something cooking. But I love the fact that you say by the time we become adults, most of us have joined the religion of suffering. People, Do people realize they do, no matter what they call it or what it is, people do need a religion. And if it's the religion of suffering, that will take the place of a, a religious life for them, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, I think religion is a charged topic. But what I would right. say it is, is yeah. all of us, if we want to live intentionally— we need a philosophy. We need to know how right. our mind works. We need to know how the world works. We need a, a philosophy to go by so that we're not just living in reaction. So, like, when you talk about going, you know, back to your family and them taking on the same role, it, that's just living unintentionally. And so what I think is if you want to feel good about yourself, figure out what your purpose is and your values and um, – you know, what great looks like for you, and then work to aspire to live accordingly. And that's called integration um, and integrity. And people are happier when they know where their center is. And when they leave their center, they know how to make amends and return. And, um, you know, they're trying to have impact in the world. We all crave impact. So I think you're right. I think we need some guiding philosophy. And you get to choose that, what that is for you. Yeah, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. One of my favorite cartoons of all time, just a one-frame cartoon. It was a split screen diagonally from bottom left to top right. And the top left of the picture is an NFL football player on his knees thanking Jesus for making a touchdown. Right? So that the upper left is a football player, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to score this touchdown. And on the bottom part of the screen, the bottom part of the diagonal, there's Jesus with his feet up watching hockey. <laughs> Which I, see, I think that's one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Isn't that wonderful? That's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, kid, I'm watching hockey right now. Well, once again, that's, that's like such an ego prayer. It you is. know, help me, yeah. you know, shine, help yeah, me win. It's like, I, I understand the wanting the strength and using prayer for that, you know, but to ask for a win, uh, that kind of thing, it's just, it, it is very egocentric once yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. And Lamont, one of my favorite writers. Yeah, have a sense of humor about it. It's, you know, if you get a philosophy, don't take it so seriously that you want to impose it on others. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. yeah. Um, and people, you know, that's a, a cute cartoon. And Lamont, I think, said, um, I love her work. She's a great writer. Said, there's really only three prayers. One is thank you. One is wow. You know, when you're looking in awe at something, and the other one is help. And mm-hmm. like you said, Kathy, it's like help when you're when you're down on your knees. Not you know, help me win the game, but help me. Um, you know, I'm really struggling right now. 
Yeah. Yep, that makes total sense. I just, it's such a. Have you always been a happy person, or did you have to go through a period where things were kind of rocky, and you realized this is not the way to live? I need to live a much clean, you know, a much straighter life for me, a much happier life for me. Did you go through, or have you always oh, been a, a happy person? You know, what a great question. So I um, have had, a, and I tell about it in the book, I've had really, really difficult things happen to me. My sure. first husband dove in the pool and broke his neck, and I've been through financial challenges and step-parenting and loss of many, many people in my life, and I've been mm-hmm. homeless. And so I grew up out of a big family in Iowa um, and found myself in, in some dire straits. Now, I remember thinking when I was a little kid, suffering, you know, it's like people don't have to be unhappy. Like, why can't everybody just be nice to each other? But I didn't just lose my happiness, and I didn't just have a spiritual awakening and regain it. I will tell people I have wandered. I've wandered away from the habits and dedications that keep me happy, and I've learned more. And even like with gratitude, I started a gratitude practice, and that kind of morphed into a superstition, and I had to bring it back um, to center. And so I, I've always been a pretty content person. I've always been a very positive person. Um, but I've had to actively work it because each stage of life, a lot of us grow older, but few of us grow wiser. Like each stage of life gives you a whole nother chapter to work on, right? It's like, mm-hmm. well, now look at, you know, losing your parents, you know, find happiness in that, in the midst of that. And divorce, like find happiness in the midst of that. And so I've always been pretty content. But what I share in the book are all the practices and techniques I've used throughout my life to be able to, you know, be happy in spite of an imperfect world. It's so fascinating, though, that to be to to reach a certain level of happiness um, and everybody can do it, I'm sure. But I could tell by the way you look at life and the way you approach things, I could I, I, I just knew She's been through some strife and some bad times in her life, and now she's, uh, she's worked on it. Instead of sitting around going, oh, poor me, you worked on it, and you got there. So, it's a, so yeah. you're a good message for, all, for everybody out there. You're a great message for everybody. Life's a process. It is. Oh, well, you just so do, well, yeah. I mean, it's very obvious. You don't just walk into happiness. Happiness does need to be earned, and it needs to be earned in your own head, right? That's so well said. So well said. And when my publishers asked me to write another book, um, and we decided it would be a personal book, they're like, "Sorry, be great. Um, tell people how to live. And I'm like, I'm not in that business. I'll tell people how I've lived and give them some of the, the stories and techniques, and then they can take, you know, what what fits. And um, And that's what I hope people do from the book. I'm not here to ignore that we all have challenges and difficulties. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to ignore that. And it, the book isn't about, whoa, look at all the bad things that happened to me. It is to say, um, even in the midst of an imperfect you know, set of circumstances, you can still cultivate a view of the world that is, um, is filled with contentment and gratitude. And, and the important thing for me is not to just feel content. The important thing is, is when I forge the internal wisdom and I'm content, I walk through the world that's so messy differently, skillfully, not adding to the chaos, but hopefully relieving some of it. It really puts you in a position if you do your own work 
that you can um, impact other people's lives. Yes, yeah, and I think that's the, that's the the key point to this whole deal. You just didn't find this; you paid the price for this knowledge. There's yeah. no, and that's exactly the point I was trying to make. You paid for this. Well, did the work, maybe. Well, that's what I mean. You yeah. paid for yeah. it by doing the work. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Absolutely. There's well, and a, I think that's li- what happens is we we react to what happens instead of really going within and doing the contemplation and the self reflection and owning our part in what happened and like. The ability to process that instead of just react is is the work, you know, as, as you say. It is true. This morning on, on the morning show, there was a list of the 10 things that American couples argue about the most. These are things they all argue about the most. And I, I ran down the list Money. from 10 to 1. Golf. Um, golf. Yeah, that golf was not. Golf was not one of them. Okay. God, you're such a child. She, she's so happy with herself, side. Very happy with herself. I love it. I'm happy with her too. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, side. Great. You're all turning on me. But we went through the list of the ten, and I it was live on the air, and I said, I don't argue with my wife about any of these things. All 10 of them, the things that people argue about the most, Catherine and I do not argue about them ever. She has her knowledge. I have my knowledge. Sometimes we can get together and come to a better conclusion. But she makes good decisions. I try to make good decisions. Catherine and I, we, you and I don't argue very much. I mean, we don't fight and argue. and. No, uh, I'm, well, I... Oh, because I'm so patient, Tom. No, That's why. I Here just, it comes, no, I, I'm telling you, I think everybody should have to go to Al-Anon. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because the, the, the art of detachment is the biggest gift you can give yourself. If you can learn to detach from somebody's argument about whatever it is and take a step back and try to figure out why you're so mad, why somebody else is so mad, why this turned into such a big thing, 99% of the time it's not about what the person is mad about right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, um, it's so, so. Uh, yeah, I, Learning I, detachment I, is huge. it's huge. And I've never wanted a relationship where I was going to be in a knockdown drag outs fight about every tiny little thing. Exactly. I've never been interested in that. <clears throat> right. And I don't think that we our relationship ever would have gone in that direction. Cause I, I can't, I, I can't be in a relationship like that. There's just no way. No, I understand that. No doubt about it. Ladies and gentlemen, the book's called Life's Messy, Live Happy. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be content. Cy Wakeman, W-A-K-E-M-A-N. Cy, you need to come back much more often. We need, we've solved all the problems of the world today. I want you to know. We have, haven't we? <laughs> we I would love absolutely. to be back. I so appreciate you sharing your listeners with me and helping me um, spread the word. So... Thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk with all three of you. Thank well, congratulations you. on all your success. You, you, you can tell by the tone of your voice and your attitude you paid a hell of a price for it. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Lots of good people helped. We'll talk soon. All right? There she goes. I guess so. Cy Wakeman. No, she was terrific. But you could tell by the tone of her voice that this woman's had some suffering in her life. There's no well, doubt I don't about think it. anybody works on themselves <clears throat> unless they need to. I think most people just 
go through life doing whatever makes them feel good in yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. Most people don't reflect. No. That's no. true. You know. They do not. Andy, you don't argue with Melissa very much, do you? No, not really. I didn't think so. I don't think Andy and Andy, excuse me, Alex and Dan argue that much either. I don't really know. But I I, yeah. I think Aunt Andy's never been a big arguer. Arguer? No. no. I just uh, abandoned ship. <laughs> well, that's not good either. Yeah, go. I mean, you no? need to deal with stuff. No, you have to deal with stuff, but you don't have to deal with it by screaming and yelling at each other because that's just the big problem with screaming and yelling at each other and letting your emotions go crazy, which a lot of people think that that is healthy, is you're going to yeah. say something you're going to regret. And once you've said something that you're, you, you will regret, it, you can't unsay it. Yeah. And it hurts the other person no matter how... They try to get over it. If you call somebody a terrible name or, you know, go for the throat, something that you know that they're sensitive about, yeah. people don't get over it. They, they do can not. try. Well, sometimes people get over it, I guess. But, I mean, those ringing those bells, <laughs> they don't get unrung, as mm-hmm. they say. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it is a good idea, though, to deal with stuff, not just run away. We will take a break. Thank you again to Cy Wakeman. She did a great job. Yes. A hell of a guest. Very interesting stuff. Coming up next hour, Maya McGinnis will be with us. Yoga Works launches yoga mats for Ukraine. Yoga practitioners donate mats to war refugees. They want to get the public to help donate new and, and or used yoga mats to help the Ukraine refugees. Well, just a place to sleep, I suppose. Yoga mat would be uh, a nice thing to sleep on, right? Yeah, they are. So we'll talk to uh, Maya McGinnis about that. It's hard to believe we've had two people on the show today, one we've already had on, we're about to have on, who are doing things to help other people and are not bitter and are not victimized. This is the people I want to know. I agree. I just say, these are the people I want to know right here. Yep. We'll be back with Maya McGinnis, ladies and gentlemen. Yoga Works is the name of the program. Yoga Works launches yoga mats for Ukraine. We'll be right back. 